I do believe that this is a good time to have ideas and this is a good time to be creative because it's going to allow you to have a competitive advantage in how you use this thing. Because when you look at it, it's really a two-dimensional square with a text box. Some people get excited there. Some people do not get excited there. It's all about the questions and the problems that you want to solve. Welcome to Creativity Squared. I'm excited to share today's conversation with you that's with my dear friend, Jay Van Sharp, who's also known as the Prompt Poppy, which you'll learn more about. I'm just popping in to let you know that there are two versions of this conversation available. This one that's edited for our podcast listeners, and there's also an extended video version. You can find the full-length video interview on the episode's dedicated page at creativitysquared.com and on the Creativity Squared YouTube channel. The links to these are in the podcast description. And while you're on the website, be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter that explores the intersection of creativity and AI. Enjoy the conversation with Jay. But have you ever thought, what if this is all just a dream? Welcome to Creativity Squared. Discover how creatives are collaborating with artificial intelligence in your inbox, on YouTube, and on your preferred podcast platform. Hi, I'm Helen Todd, your host, and I'm so excited to have you join the weekly conversations I'm having with amazing pioneers in the space. The intention of these conversations is to ignite our collective imagination at the intersection of AI and creativity to envision a world where artists thrive. Welcome to Creativity Squared. I am so excited today. We have Jay Van Sharp. He's one of my favorite humans on the planet. We go way back to our New York City days. Uh, We both are New Yorkers at heart. Jay is Venezuelan and raised in New York City. And um, goodness, we've done so many panels and collaborations over the years. Uh, Looking back at old photos, I think our first one was in 2014 for Social Media Week on exploring deep creativity. So coming full circle, we're on a podcast uh, that explores how creativity uh, intersects with technology. So couldn't be more excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. And uh, we are united looking forward. I'm one of the wolves, a proud member of a community of entrepreneurs, founded uh, forward-thinking people who uh, use our energy to help make this world a better place. Um, I'm also fascinated by the intersection of culture, creativity, community, and commerce. And uh, my company and my ideas sit at the center of that. We are uh, an agent to uh, of, of helping people manifest and amplify their ideas and my passion is to work with people ideas and companies to 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 get to the next level um but currently now with this innovation ai i'm now being called a prompt poppy so i'm i'm considering shifting my name on ig uh, i'm very excited to uh speak to you today helen and uh creativity square team And for those who do not know Jay, I want to give a little bit more context of his amazing mind. And I always love having conversations and just seeing what he's thinking and getting his pulse on everything. So Jay is the co-founder of My Uber Life Consulting Group, which is a global consultancy. I mentioned he's a Venezuelan kid raised in New York City. 
one of his superpowers is really synthesizing data and culture, which we'll get a lot more into on today's show. And then My Uber Life specializes in providing innovative solutions to help geniuses, creators, celebrities, executives, and companies navigate the complexities of modern business and achieve success in their endeavors. And Jay also has two engineering degrees, which he didn't put in his bio, but I always like to surface because he really, when I say that I love our conversations, I really do. And I'm so excited uh, to be able to share uh, what he's thinking about today with everyone. So with that, let's let's dive in. In this moment, the day of the recording uh, is uh, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. A, a little side uh, side comment. This is our second recording, so hopefully we'll have the the luck of the Irish with us today because the first recording was before South by Southwest, and uh, I'm broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio, and there was a torrential downpour and horrible weather, and in the middle of the, the podcast recording, I lost power and the internet, and the irony of doing a podcast on technology and having the technology utterly fail... <laughs> Uh, was so funny. So this is our second interview. Um, and now where we find ourselves is after South by Southwest, uh, chat GPT-4 is out. Google is releasing their new co-pilot tool and the space is moving so fast, breakneck speed. And then also it's not lost on me. You know, we're also coming out of COVID, although we're still kind of in COVID, um, where the world like paused and we reevaluated everything. And instead of slowing down, grieving what's happened, thinking about getting really clear how we want to use this technology, we're just jumping right into the next thing at full speed uh, with this new technology that's truly going to transform um, the internet and our lives as we know it. So Jay, it's a big setup, but we're at a very interesting place in human history at the intersection of humans in this new tool. And I'd love to get your pulse on how you see this moment and uh, the zeitgeist right now. Well, I would just say this, bear with me a little bit here, right? So I have to connect some dots. But um, what, what, where I see the zeitgeist right now in terms of of culture is that we are experiencing two things right we're experiencing an epic amount of levels of optimism in terms of what the future can bring and i think at the same time we're 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 experiencing you know extreme levels of skepticism and pessimism um i would say that you know clearly we just had three years of very very interesting time and we haven't really had a conversation about it as a species as a nation as you know as a society as a community um, because things are going so fast. But at the same time, here are these tools that we have now that can help us go faster, right? It's helping us to, to, to have some kind of normalcy at that speed. And, and I'm talking about artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, uh, generative learning, things of that nature. Um, I would say also what's happening in the zeitgeist, I think people have decided um, to reevaluate what life is, right? You know, our company name is My Uber Life, right? So it's like my super life. And I think um, really looking at from a lens of like, what what do you do with your time, right? For, for two years with COVID, we, we, time was distorted. 
you know, you know, time was really relative, right? And how we treated that time and how it, it's, it, 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 it shifted a lot of the value systems that we have as a society. And that is both on a micro level and then, of course, on the global macrocosm level. So I think right now, from my experience, there's so many different fractals of those two ways. I think ultimately human beings are always concerned with survival. Um, and I think that's that thesis has kind of evo- you know evolved for a lot of people where they're thinking about quality of life, you know, family, death, um, health, wellness, those things now that were looked upon as being um, not a part of the mainstream, not a part of productivity, not a part of creativity are now kind of um, become singular in a sense or, or approaching, you know, some type of singularity per se, right? Where, where these different non-connected ideas are now being, are now being pushed against each other through, through, through technology, through information sharing, through the way we synthesize information. And, and I would say also how we interpret that as human beings really is, is, the, is the cultural aspect, right? And the cultural aspect and how that, again, affects machine learning, right? Um, because the machines are learning from us and we're learning from the machines. So this is symbi- you know, symbiosis happening that um, it's very reflective. Of 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 our, of our of not only of our positive psyche but also our dark psyche. I would I would probably say also um, having experiences of all the different web and internet and technological uh, uh, iterations, um, particularly coming out of web web two. I think a lot of us are looking back um, and with a healthy dose of skepticism. And I'll park it there, land the plane there because I know we have a lot more questions. But I, I would I would you know tee it up there and say. You know, it's it, web. This web AI is it's not as blissful as I would say. You know, um, Twitter or you know, or Hootsuite or you know, something of that nature that or Instagram in the beginnings where with wow, I can like you know edit an image. Now we're probably thinking like, hmm, you know, how does this affect you know our, our sense of normalcy? How does this sell you know intellectual property? How does this affect jobs? I actually just started reading a book last night uh, called Creativity, the Psychology of Discovery and Invention that someone recently recommended. And one of the things that was uh, that's interesting in this, um, kind of uh, related to what you just said, is that um, creativity, and I think you could also, you know, not interchange culture here, but doesn't yeah. happen in in people's heads, but between a person's thoughts and sociocultural context. Like you can't just like, oh, I have creative ideas. Like it's the culture uh, has to like say, yes, that is cool. And since we are, um, uh, uh, this podcast is dedicated to the intersection of creativity and AI, I'd love to hear your thoughts um, or reaction to um, creativity and where that fits into um, how you think about uh, data as culture. You know, I always like to reference historical, right? So you have to know your roots, right? So one of the roots where Sachi and Sachi, you know, I think it was Kevin Roberts, he talked about creating love marks, right? And creating love and humans needing love and seeking love and exchanging love and the things that we do for love, even in consuming, right? So I just want to put that as a, as a side prompt and just like just to, to make it available to answer your question. And then the second part I want to say is that create, what is creativity? It's, it's, it's the, the, ability, the ability to create. 
right? Women have an advantage, right? Because of just our, bio, bio, our biology or biological women have an advantage. Emotional people have an advantage, right? Because they, they see past obstacles. People who have gone, been through a lot of, tra of trauma and survived are creators. Uh, moms are creators. Dads are creators. Entrepreneurs are creators. Artists are creators. Singers are creators. Rappers are creators. Um, if you've ever seen Kobe Bryant dribble a basketball or, you know, Michael Jordan dribble a basketball, LeBron James, you know, a basketball or Steph Curry dribble a basketball, that's creativity, right? Or Ronaldinho and, and with him in a soccer ball or, uh, or Pele with the soccer ball, that's creativity, right? So I kind of want to give essence of what creativity is so that, that we don't like make it cliche, right? And kind of whitewash it, greenwash it, you know, wash it with nonsense, right? Just like it's taking a circumstance and manifesting it in something from your mind and making that a reality is the real act of creativity, right? It's something that's not visible to the human senses at the moment. Who knows what happens to it's Friday. And I just saw a tweet today from somebody in my team and it's, it, it gave all the headlights, all, all, all the um, highlights of what was dropped this week in technology from AI. And it said Friday, who knows what's going to happen today. So maybe today, <laughs> maybe today we can figure out how to matter. <laughs> I think I retweeted that tweet. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So I just, just the same creativity. So I think a big part of humanity is expression and, and creating out of their, the chaos right, which is like the second law of thermodynamic, which is entropy. Like, how do you create predictability in chaos? It's like a human drive, right? Like, how do we stay alive? How do we stay safe? How do we, how do we store our nuts? How do we keep our tribe, our family, our communities, our, our gender, our race, our nation, our, our, now our species, right? How do we keep ourselves safe? So I think that's the essence of creativity and how it manifests itself in the modern times, that money became kind of an average of all of those things. Money became synonymous with safety. So people started using their ideas primarily on finding ways to make money while ignoring about ways to help human beings. So I think that's going to be an interesting shift, what's going to happen now about who and what capital allocators and what ideas get funded, right? So now creativity and, and community and commerce plays together. And if you want to kind of extrapolate from there, you have to understand the underpinnings of that, which is culture, right? And culture is a shared value system. It's a shared expression. It's a shared way to tell you things that I, I find valuable. And so now I might go find those valuable and now I might go get those things. So if you are a person selling things or sharing things, you know, turns out that's where you want to listen to. As it comes to creativity now, I think now with AI, Creators now have the best chance in, in that whole Atari to Web4 kind of arc that I shared earlier on the, this podcast. I believe this is the first time, and my team, we believe it's the first time that creators have a competitive advantage against people who have very rigid mindsets, right? People who are in Ivy Towers, big companies, uh, people who are who are fashion themselves as being conservative about their ideas. All the things we tell ourselves, all kind of AKAs for risk management, right? People who are just like, we don't want to mess up a good thing. We're winning here. Why mess it up with some weird innovation, right? However, this is like water, 
This is like air. So it will run through your system. Now, creators now had never had a problem with ideas. Their problem was going to get capital and getting people to give a shit. You got By the time you get to someone with capital, they're giving you their complete bias, rigid point of view that they copied and pasted from their Harvard, Yale, wherever fund they're at, and their metric that they think is that, that thing that they think it's statistically safe, which clearly it's not, because if it was safe, every single bet would have yielded a return on that bet, right? So like clearly something is awful with those models and something is missing there. So the fact that those people are so sure about their models is is due for disruption, right? Creators now do not necessarily need to or less and less every day pitch a, 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 a room of people with robes and decision-making power to get funding to have their ideas, you know, amplify or proliferate in the market or be shared or be consumed. You know, now these creators now can technically very, very soon um, go on our platform like Equity Share and take their idea or asset and get it fractionalized and crowdfunded, right? So you can do that. We literally crowdfunded our affordable housing project from the internet. Okay, that actually happened. So that's not hypothetical. Um, I think creators also have the ability to now experiment rapidly, right? So the cost of failure has gone down almost to zero, right? And the ability to like work with an assistant that doesn't necessarily get tired or you have to pay because basically AI is like a $160,000 assistant if you're in an art studio, right? AI is this thing that helps you do your thing better at this point. So I think creators now have ability to use this, this, this assistant, not robot, not overlord, but assistant to help with rigor make their idea more robust and maybe even come work with us and put it through our Bayard system, which is like our one of our systems that we use to take ideas to kind of like make it more pragmatic, make it more, make, put a business plan and get it to market to help it work. You know, we have 17 years of experience of working with all types of com companies doing that, right? So now creators have, you know, access to things like myself, but but they can also build their own process, which is like their own practice. Most of my art, art buddies who are blue chip artists and well-known artists in the world who kind of my art worked with them and now, like, there are these people who are, like, huge and we're, like, their, like, management or, like, their like, their advisory consultants, right? Like, they're secret wizards in the back helping them make decisions. Now they have their AI, right? They have their own inclinations, right? They have now us, Wolf, my Uber life, right? The Wolves. We can now work together now to be that more exponentially more impactful in our ideas. So we're... Limiting the risk of the idea. So I think creativity now, having those systems so early on to assist the pen and paper or, or the business model canvas or, or, you know, a SWOT analysis or, you know, an abstract painting or a new song or take my, my business plan and make it a rap song. It's phenomenal how... The alchemy of that, the transfer, the, the the morphing and the transformation of our ideas now. There's no limitation on that. First is the limitation of dealing with those people that you may have to seek out their capital and their approval. These gatekeepers, where you have to like 
use the you know the I and the E in the correct way, and they'll judge that, overjudge that versus the the, the sent sentiment of your business plan, or they might ignore that you have some kind of genesis quoi to make this thing work because of some kind of characteristic versus some kind of like pseudo intellectual equation that is supposed to be the filter of a good idea and a bad idea that goes away that goes away more and more every day so creators now have a lot more independence to imagineer and to imagine themselves in a new kind of format which changed the balance of how this works granted of course if the cost of AI goes up and the cost of these things go up, that's a different conversation. But as of today, right, as of this date, that's a reality that was not real five months ago. Where you can go into mid-journey and you can go into, you know, stable diffusions thing or Dolly or, you know, Dale. I can never pronounce it correctly. But um, I call it Dolly. I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> you know, of course, none of these things have customer service. So you could never ask. But, but, but point is, to, to, to end it, Helen, the point is, I do believe that this is a good time to have ideas and this is a good, a good time to be creative because it's going to allow you to have a competitive advantage in how you use this thing. Because when you look at it, it's really a two-dimensional square with a text box. Some people get excited there. Some people do not get excited there. It's all about the questions and the problems that you want to solve. Now, if you're a creative person and truly want to create solutions to make this world a better place, you can easily now go and experiment there and get people excited around that, create art around that, create memes around that, share around that. And, you know... A decentralized social media is, you know, there's a lot of those things happening. Decentralized platforms where discord groups and things are happening off of the major platforms are happening in real time. So I feel, I feel like that's creativity is fundamental to humanity. And it's the fundamental aspect to economics that got zeroed out because of specialization and industrialization that now that bag is opened back up. Like, where are the ideas? Let's fund the ideas. Let's get behind the ideas. Let's get around the ideas that we know have the highest probability to be cool and affect the culture. And if we do that, the economics will take care of itself. Well, and one thing, just to do a snapshot of uh, at the time of this recording where we're sitting. So uh, I loved that what you said of, you know, creativity is bringing ideas to life and these tools um just give the accessibility to create into just so many more hands. And, you know, uh, I think this is used a lot, you know, help solve the blank page problem. But where we're sitting right now is you can put text in, get text out. You can put text in, get images out. We're very soon going to see text in and get video out where we're, you know, anyone uh, is going to be able to create these multimedia um things in the very near future. So when we say like, uh, you know, really manifesting creativity, like if you think of it and specifically a digital space, we're really going to be able to think and have these things created. Um, and when I say think, it even goes beyond text because we have, I think, a, a research study in Japan literally put images in, in front of people, then ran MI, our MRI scans 
had the person think about the images and then the computer recreated those images. Then you have companies like Neuralink, uh, which is working on um, human to neural, you know, machine interfaces where you're going to be able to think. It's going to be the little iPhone on the back of your head as a platform for all these apps to be building on where you're literally going to go from thinking to creating, at least in a digital space, um, now and all the this wild stuff that feels like we're living in sci-fi um, uh, is is happening and being made right now. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of, you know, as the the time capsule <laughs> of where yeah, we're sitting yeah, yeah. on the precipice of, you know, what what's to come and how transformative this is. I mean, it's, it's I think it's quite spiritual. I I, I I'm, whatever word you want to use to replace spiritual, I I do feel like it, there there is a level of spirituality and empathy that was the first iterations of the web we were, we were devoid of. I think now this is the world the cultural element is, right? I find like a lot of people analyzing culture, health and wellness is, is no longer tertiary, right? Or secondary. It's like, I know people who quit their jobs, move to other cities. Teams have been distributed and redistributed in other places. People have had babies, have had kids, they have concerns. People value their time more than they value money in certain places, right? And um, and I, one can argue that COVID was a spiritual awakening for a lot of people. For myself, absolutely. Um, to have that much time to sit down, to, to see all the things that I've done right, I've done wrong, to see a better version of myself, to see the, the shadow version of myself. I think a lot of human beings have had that time. We cannot look at these kind of these innovations in a vacuum and not and get caught up in just the sci-fi and, and forget about the 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 sci reality, right? The sci-fi and the sci real, right? Like because like sci-fi is abstract and like it's either dystopian or utopian. But oftentimes in, in, inside reality, it's oftentimes both, right? And it's, and it's unevenly distributed and it's unfair in a lot of its aspects, right? Of course, my Uber life and, you know, being a company founded by multi multicultural kids and our wolf network of professionals like yourself, you know, our job is to make sure that we ask the tough questions in the room, right? Like, okay, how does this help humanity? Tell me how this resource can be made available for free at scale for all the kids in the public school system in, in each of these jurisdictions because they need to be trained on this ASAP. And not only need to be trained, we need to have uh, uh, funding and allocation of that because if you don't, some other country is doing that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this is a new awakening that we need to have in America where it's like people are going to get smart very fast. We have a stat on our website that says, something about 60% of the world's on the internet, right? So it's about approximately 40% of the internet, the world not on the internet. And with Starlink happening, what, what Elon's doing and a lot of other players in the world looking to provide free internet to the world, once those people have inputs now and they have prompt access, and this is me as an immigrant kid, you know, with the blessings of coming to, and the luck of and the good fortune of my dad bringing me to the United States of America and being raised in New York City, you know, I'm able to, to have empathy for all types of people, you know, of all, of all variations. And I can tell you one thing about immigrants, right, and people who are come from struggle, they have a motor, 
right? So those people coming from, quote unquote, third world countries, you know, as condescending as that is, can be very quickly competitive in a sense of like, what can they do with this technology? So I think America, we have to get our shit together here as well. And that's not going to come from a bunch of cats in Silicon Valley speaking in a vacuum where the majority of the people look exactly the same. It's going to happen from the ground level and from the cultural level. And that really, to me, starts with entertainment and education. And that's what our company's doing, right? So anyone that's interested in, in reaching out to us to, to collaborate on that, please do reach out. Um, but I feel like it's the job to also respect the spiritual part, the, the emotional part, the humanity part as well. That conversation needs to be treated. Yeah, I didn't go to South by this, this year, and you and I haven't had a real time to kind of um, download. But I, I, what I'm really interested in is to hearing the ethics and the moral part of that, because it's not clear to me, right? It's not going to be some, this is wrong, this is right. It's not that. I don't also want to bring politics into something so early and that's, and that's innovating so quickly. I just want, uh, to me, this is not an ethic or moral problem. To me, this is a distribution problem. The distribution will help solve the ethic and moral because now you'll have more parity and, and people who have more access will have more input through culture and through the internet to, to shift what the public opinion, which I call the fourth branch of government, right? <laughs> what, what do they think? And I know... There's a lot of opinions on that, but I think it has to get to maybe not even cynical adults as much as young people, right? And I mean young people and creators of all ages, they need to sit down, right? Like, yo, here's here's a month, and you got to kind of look at your whole situation a little bit differently. And we've been doing that with some of our clients. I'm like, listen, guys, like I know this is not we're not a workshoppy kind of thing. We don't want to do a retreat. We try not to waste time, no frills. It's just straight to like, you know, our attitude is very, we united looking forward. We're kind of like, you know, let's, let's, let's help make the world a better place and let's use everything in the fridge, right? Let's not complain. Let's use all the ingredients to make soup to feed the house. Like it's this very old school kind of immigrant mentality to our organization, how we treat our clients, right? We're like, your family, let's work, right? And, and you know how we, you know, you, we work together for, for over a decade now. So you know that to be very consistent. But I would say, speaking to a lot of people, it's I, I find it so interesting that my phone calls with them, because I never really pitched these people. These are people who call me when they need me. I think, I think it's time for you to sit down. I think we need to have like a we need to take a month out and and do a you know do a, a real retreat. Fly, you know, get your and these are people who have who have means. I've also been doing this, our company also does does this pro bono. We do it through our our educational pipe as well. I have, to, I have to make honorable mention of that, of the work, the hard work that Winston and Quasi are doing on my team. But also like, hey, all the CEOs, all the startup people, all the venture people, all the movement people, people who are, are, are in, the, in the head of art practices, gatekeepers, got to wake up. Because I'm not like anti-gatekeeper. I'm not anti-anything per se. I'm just pro-human in a sense. So, okay, what gets us to the next level where... There's people now sleeping on the floor where we have a little bit less anxiety when we wake up in the morning because we have some of our means met. And at least we're getting honest direction about how we should go about our day. Like if it's the Hunger Games, let us know it's the Hunger Games, right? Like if it's going to be some utopia, like don't lie to us where we completely ignore the, the elders in the room. So um, 
I do think this information is going to be transformative as AI is going to be transformative. I do believe that we need to have a, a, a conversation about that tool from a very diverse cultural data set, which starts from a very, very cultural community of different people who are leaders and dreamers of, of parts of the world coming together and to experiment and to basically color, right? This is like kindergarten all over again, right? How do we use crayons and these alphabets to pay our rent in the next 40, 50 years, right? We need to have these conversations as a, as a, as a society versus just getting it on, you know, here are the four or five things you can like, you can do with it. And then we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I get like, okay, that these, like these nice Steve Jobs kind of TW triad kind of conference announcements are cool. But how does that affect my business, particularly coming out of COVID inflation and how does this help the nation and how does this reinvigorate an entire working class of people who are already skeptical and pessimistic because they were not participants in the wealth transfer of Web 1, Web 2, and Web 3? Why would they get behind Web 4? And what is Web 4 without people, right? What is that? That is a spiral down to a really bad space. So I think we have to think those who build companies and who build context through our mediums, art, entrepreneurship, and all forms of creative expression, to be honest, where we're looking to make a livelihood or looking to survive and thrive, I do believe, Helen, that we, we, we have to sit down and take that process more frequent than we do at South by Southwest once a year, right? And that means that we might have to have a lot of breakout sessions all year, all the time, to update and to advance our systems and really hold each other accountable and say, hey, how are you using this tool to reach back um, while we reach forward? You know what I'm saying? It made me think of uh, universal creative income, you know, if uh, just uh, have uh, our living needs met so that we can be creative with these tools. Um, one, one thing I wanted to, to make sure that we covered in uh, today's conversation, and I just made up the, the universal creative income. <laughs> uh, universal basic income. Universal basic income. Nope. But I like it. Universal creative income is good. That's really good. <laughs> Let us all be creators. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to, because I, I do think that we we all are creators um, and that that's, you know, uh, I, and I think one thing that's interesting is that when we say to be creative is to be human, is that all these tools and technology is like really holding up a mirror and asking these existential questions. If a machine can take two unrelated ideas and bring it together in a lot of ways, that's what creativity is. Is is creativity human inherently human? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's why I love um, you know this moment in time is really at begging us to ask a lot of these existential mm -hmm. questions. Um, but one thing I definitely wanted to cover on today's um, in today's conversation is uh, something that we discussed before as prompts are the new IP. Mm -hmm. And well, first of all, do you have any favorite prompts that you've used, Jay, that you're willing oh. to share? Or or how do you think about prompts? Oh, we're, 2023 is definitely the year of prompts. <laughs> um, um, my, my team has been calling me the prompt poppy 
or, or the prop lord. Um, I get very excited about my discovery. So being prop poppy, I do have to, um, you know. Um, I love it. I, I, I hopefully, I, I'll, 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 I'll do a good job here of demonstrating that, right? Um, but I'm the, I, I am the prop poppy. But, it, but on, on serious note, I think one of the best things to do, particularly being someone like myself, Who's who always felt insecure being long-winded and having very, very like like chain of thoughts, right? Like this equals that equals this equals that. This is what I love about you, Jay. Well, thank <laughs> I just you. ask a question and you go and go. Thank <laughs> you, you make thank my you. interview so easy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I mean, listen, I, I you know, I only I always speak it from like from my heart, as you know. You know, I try not to like really go beyond that. You know, I'm still a Venezuelan kid trying to figure it out and trying to help my community and my clients figure it out, right? And I figured some shit out, you know, and here we are. So um, I think a big part of it is the teaching element, finding out culturally how someone receives information the best is a huge part of our process. Now that I can take any information and tell it to tell me it back in a context that is enjoyable to the, to the, to the, to the, to the subject or the person I'm trying to, the student per se, without, without the condescension of patriarchy kind of stuff, like to my student to get them to be excited. So, so they're no longer a student. Now they're a participant. That's the whole, the whole essence of our organization at Wolf is like, we don't want students. We want everyone to be a co-collaborator, a co-consultant, a part of the group, right? A, a co-builder. Um, so, for example, I uh, let me actually go to it. This is probably a good way to let's, to, let's to, go. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go. <laughs> go. Let's see what prompt Poppy has up his prompt sleeve. Um, <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so let's go. It's all fun, right? So something called. The Adikra codes. I'll fill you in. So, so Adikra codes are, are a, tip, a type of computer code used to create software applications, right? They are written in the Adikra program language, which is open source programming language designed for use in the web and the mobile. And Adikra codes are used to create in, interactive application games and websites. Additionally, they are used to build machine learning models and data uh, analysis tools. No one knows what the hell that means. Right? Probably. So I'm going to ask it, tell me what Adikra codes are, but tell me in a Disney narrative. From Poppy. Okay? Here we go. So, once upon a time in a faraway <laughs> land, lived a, uh, uh, hold on one second, Let me, lived, lived a tribe of wise people known as the Dogon. These are Dogon tribe is this tribe in Africa who are technologically as advanced as ancient Egyptians, right? These are people who use their symbols and codes to actually communicate. This is binary. This is deep computer language, all the way into Africa, right? They were known for their knowledge of the universe and the ability to communicate stories and wisdom through a special type of code. This code was known as the Andikra codes, and it was believed to contain the secrets of the universe. The Dogon used Adikra to communicate stories, solve problems, and express feelings. Today, the Adikra codes are used in, in a computer programming to create interactive applications. They can be used to build machine learning models, data analysis tools with the help of these codes, right? So I'm going to ask you another question. What's your favorite Disney 
story. We all have Oh, one. goodness. My favorite, the first one that came to mind is Beauty and the Beast. In a beauty, so tell me all of this, and I'm using the word this to show how vague you can be. Tell me all this in the Beauty and the Beast. Well, and, and one thing to, as you're typing that to, to share for those who haven't played with uh, chat GPT, one, we encourage you to do so and ask questions and experiment with it. Uh, but it, it remembers what you type. So you don't have to, every time you go to a Google search, you're kind of starting over. If you can't find what you're looking for, you're, you might tweak what you're asking Google. But whereas um, these chatbots remember the context of the conversation that you're having. So you mm-hmm. can say, you know, like what Jay just said, you know, say this and expand or whatever. It really does in some ways, it's kind of like the movie Her, where it feels like you're almost having a human conversation to a certain extent. Um, uh, so yeah, just as uh, wanted no, to, no, to share that is... for those who haven't uh, played around with it yet. You're getting me, giving me time to set up my prompt, right? <laughs> I have to pop you here, the prompt Lord. Okay. So tell me in the Disney, tell me, so tell me in Disney, in the, in the beauty and the beast movie, right? Just, just tell it to me like how, tell me the following Right. This is for everyone there. Tell me the following. And I'm, I'm putting my dense text that I read for you guys about the Indigo codes. Right. And so I'm telling it to tell me the following. Right. So I said, um, the Indigo codes are a type of computer code using computer software. Right. So I'm saying, tell me the following. And this is word for word. Tell me the following in the beauty and beast and the beast movie narrative colon okay drum roll drum roll let's see what the what the machine says right so boom once upon a time in a fair far away kingdom lived a beautiful woman named bell and a beast who was cursed by an an, an enchantress or enchantress right as bell and and the beast became closer the beast revealed to her the secret of the Indicra codes. He oh, told wow. her the Indicra codes contained the wisdom and knowledge of the universe and that they could be used to generate interactive application games and websites, as well as building machines. Bell was fascinated with the Indicra codes and decided to use them to help them to break the bells, the beast's curse. With the help of the Indicra codes, the bell was able to create the tools needed to help the beast regain human form. In the end, the love and the power of the Dicker Codes were able to break the spell. The beast was turned was able to turn back into a handsome prince. So, of course, I can get more descriptive with that. I can lend that. And that was all, you know, we we probably messed that up a little bit. But the point is that I can take an idea that's so dense and now walk someone into that. Now, if I go further, I can also illustrate that. Right? So the Dicker Codes are basically these codes that affect the universe that we're starting to uncover. It's like this like meta, meta code that impacts our human code. Now it's an abstract mathematical concept that if you're deep down the rabbit hole with this kind of stuff, you probably know what I'm talking about. And if you're and now, ironically, if you're someone that knows cultural anthropology and history of the world, particularly the history outside of the he taught us in American schools, the Dogon tribe is quite fascinating. That's D-O-G-O-N, tribe. They're quite fascinating. 
But they look at the world from a world where you had these prompts that, and these prompts that the universe gave is, is given through the Adikra codes. And the Adikra codes govern our reality, right? So it's this kind of meta abstract thing. They told it to us in a Disney way. This thing was a, a way for her to find the secrets of life to help break the prince's spell. So it's the same thing that we can look at to, break, to look at the secrets of our life to learn something to help break some of the spells in our life. Two thoughts are come to mind with this. Well, three, I should say. Uh, this is way cooler than the rose uh, in the movie and, and in the storyline uh, of how Belle helps the beast. And, and the other two thoughts are one, and this is something that you and I have discussed before, is in order to get the most out of AI, you still have to have an expertise to know what to ask it. Like, uh, and that's when you say um, prompts are IP, you have to have a cultural understanding or whatever your expertise is to do it. And especially with the hallucinations, like um, uh, I actually saw uh, my cousin's wife, uh, who's a midwife, and I was giving her a demo last week in Texas. And it, we were just kind of asking that some midwife, um, what is it? Uh, SOP standards of procedures, which they apparently don't use that word in the medical world. And it, and she could evaluate and be like, Oh my God, this is really good. Me not having any expertise in that world. It looks smart to me, but I don't have the expertise. So I think that's one thing with all the, the potential to tap into is that there's still an expertise that has to come with how to prompt and to know, as your what questions to ask. But I think the other interesting thing about the demo, which thank you so much for, for doing with us, is also it opens up this possibility of anyone being able to learn in the container or story that makes sense to them, that learning or even consuming content isn't going to be linear. It will be personalized and customized to you. And I think that that's really exciting. If, if, if you learn through Disney stories, these hard concepts that that's possible. If you learn through poetry or what, whatever. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine having a child who loves Little Mermaid, right? And now you teach everything within that context, math, science, geology, geography, economics, until they get bored with that, right? But now they can visualize what it means within the universe that they understand in their selves, right? Their decor codes are very abstract stuff, right? That's stuff that's probably not going to be interesting to most people. But if I tell to you in a Disney story that how the Beauty and the Beast and how she used that to help break the spell because it had all the codes of the universe of the beast and turned the beast back into a prince. That's a new Disney story. And now you know what the Adikra codes are. And the story now keeps, it, it keeps evolving. I think also, what is prompting? I think prompting is, you know, we came from an era in web one and web two where content was, you know, what was king. But our addition is that context is queen. Mm -hmm. And to run any good, like that. and to run any sovereign community or kingdom or queendom or, and please, I'm not into hierarchies, you know. But <laughs> but to, but to, but for the cultural understanding, using the language that's human, 
kingdom, queendom, right? So content, context. Prompting is, is providing the AI the context that you are going to be asking it to help you with. So before you start asking questions, you need to give it context. And that's when you tell it to, to behave in a certain way or you will be behaving in a certain way. Um, and it turns out people who are well-read, people who, who know a lot of different types of communities, people who have high levels of emotional intelligence, high levels of empathy, high levels of creativity, very self-aware people can now have a lot of narrative and a lot of, 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 of IP in their minds that they can use now to, to work with the machine with. And I would say that the prompt analysis is not enough. The prompt also works with the ping, right? So the ping to me is where you get these aha moments. These like, oh, eureka moments. Some people call it like divine inclinations or spiritual awakenings or, you know, the creative imagination or, or you know, the synthetic imagination revealing itself. Or some people call it emergence, right? Whatever those things happen in our mind where we like, that's it. That's the ping, right? You get the ping. Now you're like, okay, now what do I do with this ping? Well, I have to uncover what this ping is, what it means, shape it. So now I prompt. Before I start prompting, I set the context. Hey, I just got a ping that I want to clean the waters of the world. Okay, cool. Everyone, that's not a bad idea. Usually, historically, that would end with a Google search. and Oh, wow. Okay, that sucks. Now you can say, well, hi, act like a... Marine biologist with 50 years experience, act like a, a structural engineer and act like a, a physicist, but also act like Greta, the young lady's name, who, you know, you can tell it that. And now you set the context and then you say, all right, build me a, build me a water filtration system, but give me three versions of it and give me instructions how to do that. Boom. Now, of course, you're going to get a lot of probably dense ideas. Maybe you don't understand that. Well, tell me that in a way that I can understand it. Tell me that in Disney. Right? And now I'm reading it in Disney. So now when I read it back, it's a little bit more intelligently, schematically engineering kind of vibes. You go back to those. Okay. What they're saying here is really that. So now your brain is able to, to, to now you're speaking two languages. Like, like most of us who speak multiple languages we're kind of already designed for this kind of like code switching so a lot of people in the black and brown communities women people who had to like young people people had to have to like switch their accents switch the way they speak switch their language understand what i mean that you know you can say love i have 90 words for love based upon the languages that i speak and all those love nuances are different, right? The computer now made to say, give me a word for this, and it might give you love. You might say, well, no. I want you to be a master of Spanish, Portuguese, French, Dutch, English, this, American English, British English. Then now tell me words for love. You see what I'm saying? So now you're providing the context for it to give you a more nuanced answer, to give you a little bit more diversity in the answer versus like the... Uh, the normalcy is that you have a short attention span 
There's always a trigger with time. There's always a collapse of time. So you never really get into understanding. But you in your own time with this machine can, can help yourself learn better versus dealing with a cranky professor or, a con- <laughs> or an impatient parent or, or a parent who's just busy, you know, or a friend who may not understand or a textbook that's this dense that now I can take into a PDF, take that PDF, throw it in the machine and it tell it, you know, being the prompt happy, like, well, give me this in bullet points. <laughs> give me back in bullet points. I think it's a fantastic kind of experience to be quite honest. One, one quote that I've been thinking a lot about um, since, you know, chat GPT specifically, I default to chat GPT just because I've personally played with it the most, is from Michelangelo of, I saw the angel or, uh, in the marble and set it free, where like we can literally ask these tools anything uh, to a certain extent, because it's, uh, for those who don't know, it's just a snapshot of the web up until 2021, uh, at least ChatGPT is. So it's almost all of, you know, human knowledge that's scrapable online that we're pulling this from. But we have all of that at the access of our fingers and whatever we can ask or imagine and uh, can pull pull out of it and set whatever our creative angels that we want to free uh, from this tool. Uh, but uh, two last questions, I, although I know I think we could probably talk about this all day. Um, what what does this mean for popular culture? Like if we're all having these individualized learning, entertainment, like the we're not too far from the future of, you know, maybe um, asking it like I'm in the mood for this type of story tonight or even maybe a world event, you know, tell it to me instead of, uh, I don't know say the CNN or GQ or Vogue version, like you have your own, like tell it to me through this filter. Cause this is how I want to hear the news. Like, and, and even how you described earlier, the, uh, all the different fractions and microcultures, you know, that are combining, what does this mean for popular culture and experiencing stuff across the board where at those water cooler talks hey did you hear about this <laughs> you know what 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 does this mean for all of those those types of water cooler talks i mean that's that, that's the trillion dollar question you know i mm-hmm. i i when this landed i was in the mountains of Colombia when this landed right when i got when i got like pick up the phone and i think i spoke to you and a couple of other people and i was like okay let me use this right away. So I started using it right away. And I also, I also recognized that, well, I have something in my, on my hand. I don't know where this is going to go. Like, so let me be careful about who I talk about it with. I felt very like, what is this shit? Really? So I was very excited, but at the same time, trying to be an adult, you know, <laughs> like about it, my emotions. <laughs> like, let, me, let me be smart. But I, 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 I can say short answer, I don't know completely. Mid to long term, you know, it's probably easier to predict long term versus short to midterm. Long term, for sure, I think the people who are going to be most motivated to use these tools are the people who have in terms of Maslow hierarchy needs or people who have more, more need to survive, right? So they'll use any tool to be able to express, much like hip hop jazz, you know, all the art movements, you, 
used all the technologies that emerged over the last you know, arc of our history, particularly modern history, the last hundred years, I think people are going to use it in very fascinating ways. The musicians um, are already doing things. The poets are already doing things. I know people are already using it to, to have their grandfather who passed tell them stories, you know? So like, you're going to have that kind of emergence in culture. So I think me, the, the people who use music and the people who, who are entertainers and artists will use it first. And they will, they will instruct us first on how this will become popular. Cause they always do that. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm to be quite honest, I'm fascinated to see what the porn community uses it, what they're going to do with that. Because, you know, that whole, uh, the industry of sex, a big part of how we've gotten here as a species, the no-no word, right? They also have been a major proliferation of technologies, particularly streaming. So I'm looking at what they're going to, how they're going to use that and think about how some of the major players, like the OnlyFans and how they're going to interpret that. Um, what it means to popular culture is that it's probably going to have its impact in two ways. One, where does it save me the most time? And two, where does it provide me the context where I'm more valuable to my community, both locally and the overall market? Um, I think from the short to the midterm in terms of businesses, right? Midterm to me is always like the business part. Like what, what would be the bet? I would say consumer-facing goods, um, knowledge workers and creators right now, People who create stories and storytellers should probably start getting their hands in there. People who make movies, short films, filmmakers will probably have the time of their life right now. I think people who, who make art will finally have a way to iterate very quickly. I think people who, are, who provide strategy and guidance and advice and synthesis and, um, and paths are going to have a good time, right? I think knowledge workers, I don't know what the brand name is going to be, but it won't be knowledge work, but it'll be people who use words to help organize human thoughts and human energies and organize communities to look in one direction to be productive, to be able to amplify an idea, create an idea, or, you know, take something further. We'll probably have something there. How that will affect popular culture I think economically, the working class will probably have to be retrained. You know, I, I'm going to disagree with you right there, um, respectfully, just because okay. right now, I think a lot of uh, people were wrong in that um, the creative and the white collar jobs were more secure. We're actually in some ways more easy to replace where the robots haven't quite figured out how to fix a toilet and a lot of the stuff with that's hands. Um, now assisted com uh, computing will help them and, you know, in terms of being able to amplify their jobs, but in terms of in the, in the short term um, job replacement, it, it's more, unless, you know, you embrace the, the tools and, and whatnot uh, to amplify what you're doing I mean, like the industrialization of content, you know, these tools are going to do instead of, you know, a copywriter having to write, you know, a hundred different versions of an ad or uh, the image in 20 different colors to A-B test, that type of stuff. Now these tools can do uh, removing the, the human from that. And in yeah. some ways, those are the grunt work things that creatives aren't getting excited about, but it does help pay the bills too, you know? 
I think that's a short-term problem, to be quite honest. I think after that short-term reality happens, the midterm reality will be the jobs will have to be retrained. Um, and I don't know what the acceleration time will that be, if that's going to be 10 years, 30 years, or two years. I don't know what that arc is. But I agree. I actually do agree with you in the short term. A lot of people will be replaced. So I would say it's like look at yourself um, not from a, 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 an aspect of you being uh, don't define your don't have your ego define you as a human and your productivity based upon what you do. I think it's probably a good time to figure out why you do things and what actually is in your heart and what things actually create flow and what you lose time and space and really figure out how that works with this new way. Um, I'm a little older now where I'm not going to waste my time thinking about what's wrong with this thing. I'm going to think about how can we keep things safe and people more productive, particularly people in my communities and, you know, my heritage all the way out to the people like, you know, like ourselves who build things and guide people to build things. I think in the job market, in the, in the midterm, um, we, we were due for retraining anyway in America. Right. For a lot of redoing things, yeah, like, education, jobs, a lot, a lot of things. People are not going to probably <laughs> want to go to classes. So how do you get someone really quick, you know, like throw a VHS in the back of a classroom in a VCR to get the class edified will probably be the level of where this is going to happen in terms of retrainment. I don't think it's going to be like people lining up like Gattaca into an office and you're moving. I'm just saying... Like, hey, guys, you might want to think about these new jobs. In terms of popular culture, I think the government was in a, what might have to set up places in America where, they, where you can come in and say these jobs are available and then train the people up, much like they did with the New Deal 100 years ago, and get people trained up for these new paths. I think that's going to probably happen to the mid to long term. If this keeps going that way, once we get past the new cycle of, holy shit, wow, this is amazing. We're, like, okay, what does it mean for the job? Like, how does this put money in my pocket? So I think that's going to that's gonna be a time where a lot of consultants who, who actually been building things would probably be, will probably be needed at the same time, government. I think it's going to be a time where a lot of us that, we're, we're, we're deployed to be against each other. We'll have to sit down to really think about what the upgrade of American life looks like from a 21st century aspect. Of course, my, my focus was on 21st century business, but because we're pipelined into culture, my focus is also into what's happening culturally. So I think culturally, the, the places environment, just to recap, um, that will probably... Have the, you'll see the biggest visible change are the, are the places that are outside of comfort. Economic comfort, social comfort, they will be the most motivated. And history has shown that hip-hop is a great example and the many, 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 many aspects of youth culture and, and, and global culture. I think midterm, of course, the job stuff, we just iterate that. I think, I think it's, how can you not think about that? Like, I don't know what else would you think about in the midterm. Of course, in the midterm, there'll be other tools to make this process probably all the tools that will be needed to probably make this singularity where you and the computer is no longer separate is probably going to happen in the midterm. I just don't know what the time arc is. The short term now is that 
There's going to be a lot of uncertainty. And I think if there's a lot, when there's a lot of uncertainty, it's probably a good time to go in and not out. Um, we start with something called the why, you know, and the why is not what you do is why you do it, which is like your spiritual, emotional inclination. And I think we talked about this before on some of our workshops and panels and corporate retreats, like, you know, and stuff like South by Southwest about, about creativity and like how it ties into your why and your existence. And if we were told for the last hundred years to sacrifice that, for the stability of a job and a 401k and an exit plan. But since that's no longer certain, then you, and it's going to be uncertain, you might as well look for certainty from within as you build out. So I think it's probably a good time to understand your vocation or your job or your thing, particularly parents and educators looking at young people should really take a hard look and see where the inclinations of your your student body or people are going and use these tools to help them help themselves kind of say so i think this is this is probably where we are in the midterm is a, a reformatting of american life and i would be remiss if i didn't ask you um last two questions related have you asked um chat gpt to be walt disney and had like pretended to have a conversation and two what do you think walt disney would think about these tools um because if if you guys don't know uh i'm outing jay as a, a disney imagineering uh student and fan uh he re referenced a few different disney things um but i'm curious because i've been kind of playing with some people that I really like who are no longer here or, and even here of like having conversations of like asking chat GPT to pretend to be this person to interact. So I'm curious um, uh, if you've done that yet. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what we did was ask chat GPT to be Walt Disney. We gave it a bunch of imaginary books. Um, we fine tune it against that knowledge base and ask it to, rate our business model and our entire process. And as a result of that, we upgraded our entire business model. So like I talked to Walt a lot, to be quite honest. And like, um, honestly, you know, one of my, one of my friends and, and uh, partners talk about Walt Disney a lot, bad and good. Ironically, my, uh, my, my girl is at Walt, at Disney World today, you know, and, it was it was the Shangri-La for me being an immigrant kid. That one day I would be able to go to Disney, you know, and you know, eventually I did. But um, from an imaginary standpoint, his whole concept was about taking an idea from concept and manifesting it. So for me, our whole thing about be a wolf about your dream was like taking a step further than Martin Luther King, which is like I have a dream. We're like okay, Martin had a dream. Let's be wolves about this dream. In other words, let's be community oriented. Let's look forward and let's come together as a population of people all colors and creed sizes, all different points of views to look forward and create something. So my whole thing is about manifesting dreams. So clearly Walt had the track record. He has the history and it's still running, you know, say what you have to say about it. It's still iterating on itself. So I use some of that classical stuff and I was very fascinated to see how I asked it to rate my business model and what it said. And I asked it to like, what would, what would you, how would you say this better? And how would you find ways to create revenue? What things you think should be removed? What things you think are redundant? And it took us about 
16 hours to edit something that I've been working on for 17 years. Wow. And that will tell you everything about the power of this tool and how it will redefine the economics around time and how we use it. So I think I want to introduce three things as we end here is timing does not equal money. Time is more expensive than money and timing is more expensive than time. And timing can only come from one understanding their own sense of being with with their own creativity and how to deploy it and use it to manifest their ideas. Being that ideas is an idea, at least in the short to midterm, that you can see will help benefit and solve a problem. Not being idealistic around it, um, you should always benchmark and upgrade your ideas because there are always these externalities that can be negative and have negative consequences. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it full circle there. I, I actually misheard you the first time you said timing. I heard time meaning, and I actually thought that was really beautiful of like the meeting of how we spend our time and, uh, mm-hmm. how we define time. So I think that's a beautiful way to end, uh, today's conversation. Uh, thank you so much for spending so much time, uh, today. I know I have thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope everyone who is joining does too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, to our poppy prompt or what is it? Prompt prompty prompt uh, I'm, poppy. I'm, I'm, I'm so <laughs> awesome between the prompt poppy or the prompt lord but just but, and, and, i like and, poppy prompt poppy <laughs> but i think everyone has their i i, I wanted to say i want to tell people not to be overwhelmed you know there's a lot of fuzziness with this process and a lot of uncertainty with this process lean into that there's a lot of things you can uncover and discover there that not even some of the people designing the tools actually know so lean into your creativity but th- thank you for having me helen Thank you for spending some time with us today. We're just getting started and would love your support. Subscribe to Creativity Squared on your preferred podcast platform and leave a review. It really helps. And I'd love to hear your feedback. What topics are you thinking about and want to dive into more? I invite you to visit creativitysquared.com to let me know. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you can easily stay on top of all the latest news at the intersection of AI and creativity. Because it's so important to support artists, 10% of all revenue Creativity Squared generates will go to ArtsWave, a nationally recognized nonprofit that supports over 100 arts organizations. Become a premium newsletter subscriber or leave a tip on the website to support this project and ArtsWave. And premium newsletter subscribers will receive NFTs of episode cover art and more extras to say thank you for helping bring my dream to life. And a big, big thank you to everyone who's offered their time, energy, and encouragement and support so far. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. This show is produced and made possible by the team at Play Audio Agency. Until next week, keep creating.